Various members of the University of Louisville football program met with the media this week. We're talking ACC Media Day takeaways on this episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university and various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked on the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Over this week, um, I think it was um, I think it was Wednesday. might have been Thursday. Um Regardless, I'm losing track of my days, but the University of Louisville football program met with the media for ACC Media Day. Um, Four members of the program were available to the press. It was head coach Scott Satterfield, uh, quarterback Malik Cunningham, offensive lineman Caleb Chandler, and linebacker Yasir Abdullah. We are talking about the takeaways from the overall um, ACC Media Day press availabilities. Three concepts kind of come to mind. That is change, uh, consistency, and recruiting. Um, so we'll break it into three segments. We will discuss the um, the comments made from Scott Satterfield in the first segment, the players in the second segment, and then we will dive into the weekly mailbag, uh, which is uh, better late than never. So Let's get right on into what Scott Satterfield said. And, and as I mentioned, there were three main um, kind of ideas that were uh, reiterated throughout the press availabilities, whether it was Satterfield or the three players that basically can fall under the blanket of, um, you know, consistency, change and recruiting. And, yeah, that's kind of ironic to say because consistency and change are somewhat contradictory in nature, but um, there's levels to it. There's context to it. Um, Scott Satterfield, very honest about needing to make some changes at the end of last season, both in recruiting and on the field. Um, but the first questions were centered around the main topic in the college football landscape. That was conference realignment. Um, basically, Scott Satterfield was asked about his take of everything and how or what he thinks of everything going down. You know, he mentioned, he said, you know, um, you know, I grew up in. Uh, you know, just around Durham, North Carolina. So basically, you know, he's not, um, you know, a stranger to, you know, how solid of a conference the ACC is, uh, you know, basically publicly backed the ACC and, um, you know, spoke to its strengths as a whole. Um, he said it was exciting for the, uh, you know, the student athletes in terms of the, the new scheduling module um, that, um has been talked about and has been, um, you know, set in place for the years to come. But mainly in terms of, uh, you know, conference realignment, that's where the, the big concerns were. Scott Satterfield basically says, like, hey, look, you know, as coaches and as players, you know, we, we really don't get wrapped up in, in that, um, you know, style of thinking too much or, you know, fall victim to thinking about that stuff too much because we have a lot of stuff to think about as it is. You know, we have schedules uh, to focus on, you know, this season, you know, the 
the conference realignment's not going to affect this season. You know, these coaches have a job. These players have a job. And I think that it kind of, um, obviously, it's it goes without saying. You know, coaches have to focus on, you know, winning ball games. players the same way. But for some reason, it kind of brought me back down to remembering the fact that, yeah, I mean, all of these decisions are up to, you know, the uh, governing bodies, the you know, legislature, stuff like that, the conferences, the the institutions, the universities as a whole. And coaches and players really don't have anything to gain by, by worrying about that and just controlling the aspects of uh, the season and, um, you know, the, the games that they can control. So um, I think that at the end of the day, there's not much that he was going to be able to say in this situation, right? I mean, it's pretty much um, you know setting forward you know what he what he's you know talking about. You know, you have to just focus. You know, you had to stay in the now, um, and that's something that when we talk about you know the players' uh, press conferences and stuff like that, you know, Scott Satterfield and the rest of the coaching staff has been very adamant on keeping guys you know in the present tense, you know, mentally, not looking forward ahead to maybe like a professional career, or not even looking forward to the second game on the schedule because each game matters in terms of a conference realignment a change is good in terms of the scheduling model Satterfield was was all for this um and and as as he probably should be I mean I don't necessarily understand why any coach would be against the the new scheduling model where um to refresh your memory all ACC teams will play all of the other teams, there are three teams in the conference that uh, a set team will play each season. For the Cardinals, it is Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Miami. Um, but they will play all of the other teams in a four-year basis in a home and home setting. Scott Satterfield said, hey, look, for a recruiting aspect of it, it it's it's fantastic. You know, they've made it a point since Satterfield has you know come into the program, recruiting the state of Georgia, recruiting about this in terms of the scheduling model right so it was a it was an instance to where um even though you may not play uh, in atlanta every year even though you may not play in miami every year you're going to at least play one game in your home state and if you're from those two areas respectively you're going to play in your home city what better way to recruit than already being down there um you get to put your brand on full display every other season and as we've seen throughout the recruiting classes so far and the recruiting classes to come, especially in Flyville 23, Georgia and Florida recruiting respectively, both of those states are going to be very pivotal for this program moving forward. And it's kind of already been a staple, right? Louisville has been very successful recruiting South Florida. I mean, we talk about the various stars that have come out of South Florida. I mean, a couple come to mind right off the bat, right? Lamar Jackson, uh, West Pompano Beach. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Miami Northwestern, uh, Elvis, Elvis Doomerville, who when we talk about Yasir Abdullah, literally looked up and kind of, uh, you know, modeled his game after Elvis. Um, so, you know, these guys sort of, uh, you know, you know, hometown heroes and Louisville's the same way. You know, Devontae Parker, um, you know, Brian Brown, Michael Bush, guys want to, you know, try to you know, model their games after the heroes that they grew up watching. And that, and that's something that's big is when you're able to bring these guys to Louisville and, you know, you reap the benefits of an Elvis Doomerville. You have Yasir Abdullah modeling his game after Elvis Doomerville. I think that that's very, very cool. But we'll talk about that more in the next segment. Um, like I mentioned, as much as, um, you know, we focus on, you know, change, um, it, it's awesome that they get to play 
and seed the other teams in the conference. But look, Scott Satterfield essentially confirmed what we already knew, and that's in that's the notion that he knew that changes needed to be made. Yes, Aaron Hodges went to TCU. A new recruiting coordinator is in Stanford Samuels. Um, Satterfield alluded to his experience, um, you know, finding player development and, um, you know, helping to recruit the Sunshine State being two main uh, areas of focus on why he brought Stanford Samuels in to be the next recruiting coordinator. Um, You know, so uh, another aspect of that is, you know, changing up the recruiting. So there were two um, parts there, there were two uh, aspects of you know this program that needed to be, um, you know, un, you know, it needed to undergo a, a small makeover, or even a large makeover, depending on how you look at it and what your stance is on the topic. One of the aspects is recruiting. Scott Satterfield said, "Hey, look, um, you know, the the governing body here at Louisville has done a great job of kind of being pioneers." And um, being uh, some of the first to really take advantage of NIL in the national landscape, they've had some innovative ideas, especially you know in the transfer portal as well. Um, and it's one of those things to where they also went out and they you know added to the recruiting department, the recruiting budget. Um, you know, he he kind of said that the uptick in recruiting that they're experiencing right now, yes, it can be attributed to NIL, and as it should be. A, a, you know, to an extent as well, but it's kind of a two-year process that they're just now reaping the benefits. One thing that they wanted to do coming in was broaden the scope is what Scott Satterfield said. Broaden the scope all across the country. Yes, you want to go to Georgia, to Florida, the hotbeds of recruiting talent across the country, right? But also is, you know, you know spanning all beyond the country. You know, we have players coming in from just you know, look at Flyville 23, California. There's a bunch of prospects, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, um, you know, so on and so forth. And that that's it's been a point of emphasis to recruit talent wherever it is in the country. He mentioned Louisville being very accessible via the airport. There's a lot of tourism attractions to Louisville, despite it not being a very big city. So there is a, some attraction to come to Louisville. Um so recruiting was one aspect that he really focused on needing some changes, but also on the field, you know, talked about the addition of Lance Taylor, went on record saying that Lance will be a head coach one day. He's bringing new ideas to the program. He's heavily involved with the offense, bringing some new ideas, making some tweaks while also coaching the wide receiving uh, position. So uh, that, that's another thing is, in, and we, you know, he did necessarily mention Wesley Mc, Wesley McGriff by name, but um, some other you know coaching changes, adding McGriff as the co-defensive coordinator. So there was a lot of changes that were you know added to the program, essentially in the recruiting department and on the field in terms of adding a co-offensive coordinator and a co-defensive coordinator. So consistency. Um, change and recruiting were the three pillars that uh, Scott Satterfield kind of um, leaned back on or really tried to hammer home here in his ACC Media Day press availability and say, look, we have to be consistent. You know, there was a lot of competitive losses, but at at some point you're going to have to get over that hump, and it's about finishing. Um, and the Cardinals point differential really wasn't that big of a uh, big of an issue last year. You wouldn't really expect that to be a six and seven team with that point differential. So they had to change things up. It's all about consistency playing throughout the game, consistency um, in how they approach it daily, but also some changes that needed to be made in you know the recruiting department on the field in terms of coaching and also uh, things of that nature. But um, you see more of those uh, ideas 
kind of uh, spring forward w- when the players were talked to after uh, Satterfield's media availability. We're going to talk about what we can take away from Yasir, Caleb, and Malik's press availabilities, respectively. We'll do that here in just a second until we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. Um, BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered across the board. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about what's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting this week, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers over at BetOnline. Available July 18th, just a couple days ago, on the Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Check it out all across the streaming services. So, moving right along, um, in terms of the ACC Media Day, three players joined head coach Scott Satterfield up on the podium. Um, That was quarterback Malik Cunningham, linebacker Yasir Abdullah, and offensive lineman Caleb Chandler. Yasir was the first player up. Um, was asked a lot about you know what he was looking to improve on. Um, as I mentioned, Elvis Dumerville being um, you know kind of a role model, and that's kind of where I, I find those parallels with recruiting and, and why building those pipelines is big. Because you know you have pro you you have players that come into the program and really are able to shine, and sometimes you don't even reap those benefits until what eight. 18 years down the line? That's crazy to me. Like, There's going to be no doubt in my mind that people are going, you know, there's going to be players that when they talk about Louisville here in a couple of years, they're going to mention guys like Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to mention guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, so on and so forth. Players that have played here in the past that they grew up watching in high school games, that they grew up watching on TV thinking, I want to be just like those guys. I want to represent my hometown or my area or my state just like those guys. So, I think that that was kind of cool, and that kind of all ties back, back into recruiting for me, uh, modeling the game after Elvis Dumerville. Um, a lot of mentioned, um, you know, a lot of mentions of you know improving. Um, Yasir Abdullah mainly was working on finishing, on technique, on uh, finishing the plays and finishing tackles, and uh, just overall completing plays. And I think that that kind of buys into that consistency aspect that we're going to find to be true uh, throughout all of these three players' uh, testimonies. Um, Yasir, I thought, made an um, interesting note. He said the secondary is better than it was last year. Uh, the defense has made improvements all across the board. The whole unit is very close. They watch a lot of film in the secondary, but also the defense as a whole. There's there's a lot of um, you know cohesion throughout the three levels of the defense. And he mentions that the secondary has you know, been vastly improved. And I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like because there's a lot of key guys returning like Kendrick Duncan Jr. Kittrell Clark is back fully healthy. Um, but also, um, you, know, you can't overlook the fact, and Scott Satterfield kind of mentioned this as well, is that the defense really – um, w- was kind of um, you know, slim, especially when you got to the bowl game last year. You know, Monty Montgomery, one of the leaders on the defense, a guy that was supposed to have a huge season, goes out the third game of the year. Uh, Katrell Clark goes out in the middle of the season. You have other guys that battling injury, uh, players that ended up uh, transferring out, uh, other various injuries. So, um, you know, Yasir had his his improvements were mainly based upon technique. 
uh, vocal leadership, um, not necessarily a very talkative guy, but wants to be that guy moving forward, especially uh, now that CJ Avery is, um, you know, not no longer with the program as he's pursuing professional opportunities. So I thought that that consistency aspect of it and just trying to get better every day, obviously you can kind of look at that as kind of a cliche saying being 1% better every day, but it, it seems like, you know, both all three of these guys are just focused on improving regardless of how much improvement they all saw last year, respectively. And they all three individually took you know great strides um, to be better players. They do believe that there's a lot more room to grow. Caleb Chandler basically came out and said that he said nothing but improvements are coming for this offensive line unit that, if you kind of remember, didn't necessarily play all that well the first two or three weeks out of the year last year. So it's about starting a lot better. Um, he says the iron sharpens iron in practice. That's something that I think is pretty neat because there's a lot of guys on that defense that are very talented. So it helps that offensive line. You have guys like Yasir Abdul. He says it's tough to go against Yasir in practice. You know, tough to go against Monty. Um, you know, some of those guys on the D line, Yaya Diaby, Ashton Gelati, Jermaine Lole, etc. Uh, the coaching changes, his comment on coaching changes um, was something that I didn't necessarily look at um, that way until he said it. Because, you know, you look at it kind of like an obstacle because it's different instruction, different technique. He said, look, coaching changes, you learn a lot because each coach kind of has their own, you know, style of technique. So it's like you're almost getting like a well-rounded education of your position. And and I like the way that he kind of looked at that. He's like, it's a lot of info. It's a lot of technique. You know, Caleb's been a guy that's been in the college ranks for a while, you know, 24 years old now or about to be 24. Um, you know, it's, it, it's all about, you know, you know, being in the mindset of never being complacent and always, you know, being consistent in the way that you approach things. Um, leadership was a big aspect for him. You know, he understands that even though, you know, he might be the most talented guy on the roster, he's or the, on the offensive line. He's, you know, one of the oldest guys. He's 23, 24 years old. It's about bringing the best every day, uh, setting the example for the young guys um, and, and things of that nature. The last thing about Caleb that I thought was pretty funny, but People don't necessarily look at it. It's kind of challenging sometimes to, um, you know, protect a mobile quarterback because of how unpredictable they can be. And a lot of that's because they're doing things on the fly. You know, read options are based upon reads. So uh, he says, you know, it's sometimes it's challenging. You have to be disciplined to not get called for holding. Um, you know, it's exciting to block for Malik, but it's also very challenging because when he's running, you're like, oh, well, I've got to got to let go of my defender. But when he's passing, obviously, you have to give him enough time to go through his reads. Um, Malik Cunningham was the final participant uh, in ACC Media Day for the Louisville football program. Um, obviously, questions about Lamar were brought up. Um, he basically goes on to say, you know, in his brief time with Lamar in the beginning of his career, he took away the fact that he, uh, yeah, he's great on the field, but he was very much a leader off the field. His charisma, uh, he made people smile. That's something that he's kind of applied to his daily life is making people smile outside of football. You know, it's, yeah, it's his family and being the example for his family, you know, being the, um, you know, the example for his teammates, you can just tell that, you know, Malik knows that he has something to prove this season. This is a money year for Malik Cunningham. And I've said it multiple times. Um, he made a comment, you know, people talked about him being a running quarterback, but really if he had the choice, he would pass at every time. Uh, he feels more comfortable passing. Um, you know, consistency has been the main thing, you know, for him to focus on this offseason. Last offseason, it was limiting turnovers. He did that. Uh, this year, it's focusing on consistency throughout the passing game and trying not to force the ball into tight windows, limiting those mistakes. Um, he's focusing on improvement. Um, when asked about his goals and what he wants to achieve this year, it's 10 wins. He wants to go – 
and um, you know, be consistent, be the first Louisville quarterback to win an ACC championship. Um, you know, there's a lot of family influence on on Malik. Um, you know, overall, there, there's a lot of information to kind of take away from this media availability, but um, you know, you can just tell for Yasir Abdullah, Caleb Chandler, Malik Cunningham, although they may not necessarily feel like um, you know they haven't proven themselves, they do feel like there is more to prove about this team, and that that six and seven record, you know, Scott Satterfield said it doesn't really. It doesn't really highlight how good this team should have been. So, um, you know, it's about change, you know, changes in recruiting, changes in, you know, some of the coaching um, decisions and stuff like that, consistency on the field, consistency in how they approach every single day, being leaders. And then five, obviously, the recruiting aspect of it was big as well. So, I mean, a lot of the things that you would expect from a normal ACC media day, but, um, you know, to be able to hear, you know, a lot of these, um, reoccurring themes is something that we probably expected to hear and, and, and it's probably needed to be heard as well so moving right along into the final segment of the show into the weekly mailbag um, if you were listening to this um, stay tuned you're going to hear a couple of implemented advertisements so we will see you after the break if you're watching this on youtube obviously you're not going to hear those advertisements so stay tuned and as always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. The weekly mailbag, better late than never, I do apologize. Kind of going through a little bit of uh, some health concerns that I'm trying to navigate. Um, so I'm trying to give you all the most content that I can in, in a timely manner. So I didn't want to you know, deliver this in August 1st when... Media Day happened uh, over a week uh, after, um, but the weekly mailbag, there's a couple questions. The first one is, what are your takeaways from the comment that was made from Syracuse linebacker Michael Jones? For those who are not aware of what Michael Jones says, Syracuse linebacker, basically uh, when asked about playing Malik Cunningham and company week one, he's basically saying that it's not that big of a challenge. Um, which is ironic considering the fact that over the past, uh, actually Louisville has never lost outside of 2018. That was a, that was a tough one outside of 2018. The Louisville Cardinals have never lost to the Syracuse orange in ACC play over the past two outings. I think it has been like, uh, what, like 70 to 10, something like that in terms of a uh, deficit, Regardless, I digress. I thought the comments were very, very, um, very rich, uh, considering the fact that Malik Cunningham last year was had like five touchdowns in the first half, and the the game was essentially out of hand at halftime on Lamar Jackson Day. Um, you know, go figure. Very, very ironic there. But I'll say this: I mean, I don't put too much stock into it because you know players trash talk. I mean, you just saw uh, Will Anderson tr- from Alabama trash talk Texas A and M, and I mean. Texas A&M beat Alabama. He had one tackle in that game. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like I said, I don't put too much stock into it because if you played sports, you know that, you know, you're always confident in yourself. Uh, but I do think it's kind of funny considering the fact of how Malik Cunningham and company took care of the Syracuse Orange last year and the year before that. In the year before that. But nonetheless. Um, moving right on along. People have been talking about L. Ellis as if he is a point guard. I view him as a shooting guard. What are your thoughts on L. Ellis as a basketball player? Well, first of all, I think he's a very good basketball player. I think L. Ellis is a point guard. 
Um, I don't think you can put too much stock into last year because if you were to ask anyone what offense the Louisville Cardinals are running, they'll probably tell you, yes, correct, that's the offense. Because no one had a single clue. It didn't even look like the players had a clue. It didn't look like the coaches necessarily had a clue. Um, it looked like a team that was trying to um, you know, be something that they weren't, trying to be in a three-point team, that, that team that just didn't shoot the ball well from the perimeter. I think L. Ellis is a point guard when you look at you know, per, his per 40 minutes. Uh, statistics, you know, he's just under five assists per game last year, and that's you know a lot of times you know him having to create for himself and also create for others. And it's hard to create for others when you know uh, a team that is trying to shoot the ball well from the outside cannot shoot the ball well from the outside. So um, last year I wouldn't necessarily call it a wash because it's valuable experience, but I think year two, L. Ellis is a point guard, um, and, and I think that we're going to see him really you know start to blossom into, you know, being more of a lead guard this year. And I, I have full confidence in him as a lead guard. So um, moving into the final question, um, didn't want to take too many questions for this one. There weren't a lot anyway. Um, this is one of those instances to where uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really see an issue here. Uh, the question is, does Malik Cunningham or, does Malik Cunningham staying in college for so long affect his spot on the leaderboards? Does it, you know, make you kind of, um, I guess, I guess the question is, does it take away some of the significance because he's played, you know, a lot longer than some of the other quarterbacks? Uh, I mean, here's the thing about it is, you know, 2018, he split time with Juwan Pass. Um, you know, 2019 was, I mean, you know, he was mainly the starter, but he got hurt here and there. 2020 was a shortened season um, by a game, no bowl game. Um, in 2021, then he's going to be playing in 2020. I mean, I don't. I, I think I, I think that we don't appreciate Malik Cunningham enough. Let me let me let me answer the question that way. Um, it is always hard to be the the guy after the guy, and to get a Malik Cunningham after three seasons of the best player in program history. We're very, very fortunate. Malik Cunningham, yes, he's had some some areas of improvement that he's needed, but he's improved very well. He's been one of the nation's most dynamic dual-threat quarterbacks. I think that we need to appreciate Malik Cunningham. You shouldn't be looking at this and seeing his names in the record books and think, oh, does it mean that much because he's been here for so long? Yes, it does mean that much. What you should be saying is, I'm thankful that we have Malik Cunningham, and although nobody's perfect, he has done a great job for us, and he's been a very, very good success successor to Lamar Jackson. So um, that's just the way that I look at it. So a lot of good takeaways from ACC Media Day. Obviously, if you want to get in on the questions for the next mailbag, be sure to send me a, a DM in the personal uh, Twitter handle below. I'm um, going to be some more episodes this weekend. Some the the last two previews of the uh, football positions uh, coming up. Um, but hey, that's going to wrap up this special Saturday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.